The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring special guests discussing a wide range of topics and personal stories. The Pirate Radio Podcast is presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studio, here's Shirley Rhodes. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pirate Radio Podcast, featuring former professional hockey player Craig Cox. The Pirate Radio Podcast is brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. On today's podcast, the voice Jeff Charles will have a great discussion with Craig Cox on his path to playing professional hockey and also about his role of being the tough guy in the league. Sit back and relax. Today's Pirate Radio Podcast presented by White Claw Hard Seltzer with Craig Cox starts right now. We are pleased to welcome former National Hockey League player Craig Cox. He played for four different teams, breaking in with the Vancouver Canucks during the 84-85 season. He also played for the Calgary Flames during the 87-88 season and with the St. Louis Blues in 88 and 89, the San Jose Sharks in 91 and 92. Craig also played for a number of minor league teams. He coached at the minor league level. And he's best known for his days as an enforcer on the ice. His fights, especially with Bob Probert, are legendary hockey fights. He joins us now from northern Michigan, which is home these days. Craig, thank you so much. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Hey, Jeff. I, uh, I appreciate uh, you guys wanting to know about me. It's uh, At my age, it's fun to be able to, to you know, Talk about some of the old uh, the old days. Well, we're talking about uh, Northern Michigan these days, Craig. Uh, tell us about the winter up there this year. How have you survived another Northern Michigan winter? Well, actually, we've we've been real lucky this year. It hasn't been a whole lot of snow this year. It, it hasn't been as cold as it normally is, and you know we were all wondering. Eventually, it's going to come. Well, the last few weeks, it's, <laughs> it, it's really started to come, and. Uh, a lot more shoveling and a lot more plowing, um, and and it's not stopping. Um, my wife is just telling me today that we're supposed to get dumped on pretty good over the next couple of days. So, <laughs> I, but that's hey, that's living in northern Michigan, and and to tell you the truth, I I really enjoy it. Let's talk about Craig Cox from the beginning because, Craig, usually when we think about hockey players, we think about guys coming from Canada or the upper Midwest, maybe the New England states, but you were born in California. You have ties to California and also to Arizona. So how did you get involved in hockey as a youngster? Well, my dad uh, was Canadian, and me and my brothers and sisters were the first ones in our family to be brought up in the United States. And uh, with my dad being Canadian and playing hockey since he was two or three years old, me and my brothers, as soon as we were able to start walking, the skate went on pretty darn quick after after we learned how to walk. And he really got us involved in it uh, at a very young age. And uh, we all loved it. And with me, it was just one of these things that I could just never get enough of. So you had a love for hockey from the very beginning. You get on through uh, high school, and then you are drafted in the fourth round by the Detroit Red Wings back in 1982. But, Craig, you didn't sign with the Red Wings, so tell us a little bit about that. Um, Well, uh, um, I I went to one training camp there after the year that I was drafted. Um, And, you know, it's tough to say, uh, um, you know, why – 
they didn't uh, sign me because I don't have uh, the knowledge of what happens behind the scenes. Um, so after the one training camp, they said, you know what, we you're not ready to play in the NHL, which I agreed I wasn't at the age of 18. Um, and they said, we'll keep an eye on you. I was playing in the Ontario Hockey League, and they said, we'll, we'll talk to you next year and see where we go from here. And I never heard from them again. <laughs> so I played two more years in the Ontario Hockey League, and, and by that time I was now a free agent, and I actually thought that my, my hockey career was over. I was getting ready to, to uh, leave Ontario and, and uh, fly back to California and start working in the construction business with my dad and uh, my coach that I had in the Ontario Hockey League in Belleville, Larry Mavity. He said to me, he says, hey, how would you like to try out in Vancouver? They got a new coach. They're looking for some young kids that can take care of themselves. And I said, I would love it. So I went back home to California, trained all summer, and went to Vancouver's camp. And basically the rest is history. I got signed, and that's that's where it all started. Yeah, breaking in with the Vancouver Canucks. And uh, you were a young guy, Craig. How, how old were you when you got that first shot in the National Hockey League? Uh, I was uh, 20 years old when I uh, first started playing in the NHL. You know, the key phrase that you just mentioned is that you could take care of yourself. So uh, tell us a little bit about that. Your reputation in the NHL was, as I mentioned, being an enforcer. So did you have that reputation coming up through junior hockey too? Uh, well, in, in in junior hockey, the, the team that I played for for the two years in, uh, in the Ontario Hockey League, our coach was – he uh, he was he was a guy who played pro hockey. Never made it to the National Hockey League, but he did play in the minors, and he was known as a tough guy in the minors. So I I always played on teams that were kind of you know we 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 were guys that were gonna you know when when teams came to play us they were gonna know they were in a game. They us win, lose, or draw. Uh, we were gonna do some you know we were gonna do some hammering on them. So. Um, it, it, it kind of started there and, and, uh, you know, when I got to the NHL, uh, I, I, I said to the very first coach I had in Vancouver, he said that I'm going to want you to do this, this, and this. And I said, I'll do anything to play in the national hockey league. I, I, I don't care. I just, I want to play in the national hockey league. And, and, uh, so yeah, I was, as a junior, I, I mean, I wasn't, there's guys that had more penalty minutes than me that, but, uh, I, I definitely did quite a bit of scrapping in the in the Ontario Hockey League also. So, Craig, what's it like? Uh, you get to the National Hockey League and uh, you become this guy that uh, is a tough guy on the team. Uh, how about the reputation as far as around the league with the other players and, and the other teams? Uh, do they find that out in a hurry? And then are there guys out there, even at a young age of 20, 21, that want to test you? Um, it's not something that you're going to, you're, you're going to, um, be able to have this happen overnight. It, it, it takes some time to be able to build something like that. And, and, you know, it, it took a few years, um, you know, for, for them to really say, okay, well, this guy, you know, this guy's a heavyweight guy. Um, yeah, it's not something that just happens overnight. That's for sure. You, you're going to take, you're going to take some lumps and some bruises to, to uh, be able to establish yourself, that's for sure. Before we talk about some of the classic fights that you had, and many of them are on YouTube, 
Uh, t- tell us about what's what's the one thing, Craig, that you better do if you're going to get into a fight on the ice with a guy. What what's the one thing you better do? Better hit him more than he hits you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But there is an art to the fighting, isn't there? Well, I mean, everybody's got their everybody's got their own philosophy on on you know how to do it. Um, it, it you know when. When when I first went to Canada, um, I said to my father, um, you know, because I knew that, you know, there back then, you know, in juniors, you get into a fight and it's just five minute major, just like it is in the National Hockey League. I asked my dad, I said, do you, you know, do you think I should take some boxing lessons or something like that? And my dad says, either you can fight or you can't, and you'll find out quick. And <laughs> <So, laughs> all, but. There's still there was still training you you do in the summertime, uh, you know I, I I did take some some lessons from a boxing guy one summer and you know you 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 train a little bit different and you you know now you can watch videos and you can see what other guys do and the more you get to know about somebody the way they fight the the easier it is to fight that person if, you know sometimes some guys are lefties some guys are righties. Uh, you know, if you're a righty and you're fighting against a, a, a left-handed guy, you know, you're both of you are leaving your face completely open when you're throwing punches. So, you know, you you, you got it's it's nice to know things like that, you know, ahead of time. So, if the more you know about somebody, uh, the 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 better off you're probably going to. Hopefully, you're going to be in the long run. We're visiting with Craig Cox. He played with four National Hockey League teams back in the 80s and also the early 90s. Let's talk about some of those classic fights that we see on YouTube, Craig. And I think the ones that uh, a lot of hockey fans are familiar with is when you had those those fights with the Red Wings tough guy at the time, the late Bob Probert. They are legendary fights. Uh, how did that rivalry develop? And give us a little history of those altercations. Well, to tell you the truth, um, I, I can't really say that, um, there, there, there was no, uh, problem with me and him. We played against each other one year in the Ontario Hockey League. Uh, we got into a fight then. Um, and then the, in, in when I was in uh, Vancouver and he was in Detroit, it was kind of just one of those things, you know, he was the big boy, um, on his team and I was the big boy on my team. We were both just a year apart in age. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny because it was never, you know, one of us was trying to protect another guy on our team because, you know, one of us had taken advantage of somebody on their team. It was just kind of, you know, you know, it was just kind of business. You know, you're their tough guy, I'm, the, I'm their tough guy, and here we go. Let's get at her and uh, see who's, who's going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. And not only with uh, Bob Probert, and unfortunately uh, he he died at an early age in his mid-40s, but there were some other guys uh, that you fought that were tough guys at that time. Craig, who, who were some of the other guys that, that you remember uh, with, the, with the fights? Well, I mean, there's, it, it, there's a lot of names out there, a lot of big boys. I mean, Dave Brown played in Philly and played in Edmonton. He was one of the toughest guys I fought. Nick Fatio, um, New York Rangers, Calgary Flames. Um, Ken uh, Bukaboom played in L.A., played in the Islanders. 
uh, there there is there's there's quite a few tough guys out there back in the 80s because it, the game was a little bit different then than it is now um you know i mean just about every team had at least two or three tough guys um and lots of times they were only used for that um where now the 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 players are so much bigger stronger faster than skill wise and with the rules the way they are now, the, the game has changed. But that was the one thing with me is, I mean, I, I was, after a, a few years in the NHL, where I established myself as a tough guy, you know, I, I, I was able to show them that I could play the game, too, because I I loved playing hockey. You know, I mean, the fighting part just kind of, that just kind of showed up on the doorstep, and if I wanted to stay, I was going to have to do it. You are, yet, I mean, it's it's tough for me to, to to rattle off a whole bunch of names right now because I did get hit in the head a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I can't remember them off the top of my head. Well, well, let me ask you this: Now at age uh, fifty-seven, when when you look back and you see these fights that again are are YouTubed, I mean, what what are some of your thoughts uh, as to what you were up to 30, 35 years ago? Uh I, I to tell you the truth, I I do still look back on them from time to time. Um, you know, might be sitting at the house and start thinking about it and, and you know, throw in a DVD of, of uh, you know, some, some, some fights that I had when I was, when I was younger. And, and uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of fun to look back on it and say, you know what, because that, that was a great time in my life, um, you know, being able, to, being able to play in front of a whole bunch of people and be able to get paid for something that you love to do so much um and it, it was it, it's it's fun it really is to think about it and and you always you always wish it would have lasted longer than it did but uh it, you know it is what it is and and uh i mean i i don't have any regrets but uh you just look back and say if i was one of the fortunate ones to be able to play at that level uh, and a lot of that was I was in the right place at the right time. Craig, we don't see as many fights in the National Hockey League today. As you mentioned, it is a different game. The casual fan liked to go to hockey games because they liked to see fights. That was the popularity of hockey at one point. So is it, is it a good or a bad thing that we don't see as many hockey fights now as we used to when you played? Well, I, I don't I don't think that, that it's really a good thing or a bad thing. Um, I mean, uh, sports is just like everything else; it's going to evolve. And hockey, um, it, it there there's so many good hockey players in the world right now. Um, with the NHL being the the top uh, professional hockey league in the world, that. When you get that many good hockey players, and when you know the the rules that have that, that they've brought into the NHL, because the rules are have changed. Excuse me, have changed quite a bit from when I played in the '80s to what they are now, and they are more structured towards the you know the the players with their speed and with their agility, um, with their talent, and, and I I think that that's really helped. The, the game of hockey um, because yeah everybody even people who say they don't go to a hockey game to watch a fight they all <laughs> let's put it this way when a fight starts 
they don't turn their head and not look. You know, <laughs> yeah, they, exactly right. they might say that, but they don't. So, but again, like I say, the the game has changed a lot, and and uh, it's it's just a it's just a different, not a different style because it's still it's still a tough sport. I mean, you, I mean, there's a lot of big hits out there, and you know, you still see some fighting, but uh, it, it's it's changed just because of the, of the skill level that we have uh, at that at that high level of the National Hockey League. So how about the National Hockey League today? Do you follow one team, or do you watch games now in, in retirement, or do you have a, a favorite team that you like to see? You know what? I, I During the season, I don't really watch at all, um, mainly because of, with me running a rink, um, by the time I get home, game's over, and uh, – uh, so I don't get to see much during the winter, but I always make a point once the playoffs start, I, I try to watch as many games as I can because uh, when when the teams are playing in the playoffs, it's it's a brand new season. Um, you know, just off of experience from me playing not just in the NHL but e- even in the minors. Um, once the playoffs start, it, it's just a it's it's almost like it's a different uh, a different game because the Everybody steps it up. Everybody's playing with urgency. Um, there's not always a tomorrow in the playoffs. You know, during the season, if you lose a game, well, you've always got tomorrow. You can win that back. It, well, in the playoffs, there's only so many tomorrows, and then you're gone. Um, so I, I, I really um, – watch quite a bit of hockey in the playoffs more than I would during the regular season. We are visiting with Craig Cox, National Hockey League veteran. And, Craig, your playing career is over, and then you decide to coach. You certainly paid your dues as a player through the minor leagues, and then you started coaching in the minor leagues. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, actually, I yeah, it was, it was something that I never thought I would do. Um, I remember people asking me during my career, would you ever get into coaching? And I always said, no, I don't think that I would enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of that was just because of my inexperience and, and I didn't really, didn't really become a student of the game. Like I, like I, I did when I got older in, in, uh, in my career. Um, so when, when the, when the time came for me to, it was either time to hang him up or, or uh, you know, start coaching. If I wanted to stay involved in the game, I always said to myself, the time to hang him up is when, if, if you're not going to the rink every day and if you're not enjoying it, or if you're a liability on your team, um, you know, those are those are reasons you should hang it up. And um, it's not that I didn't enjoy coming. But I could see that that uh, I was getting a little bit older, and uh, it was probably time. I, I I don't think I was a liability, but I, I I had the opportunity to either keep playing or take an assistant coaching job with a guy that that I had known for quite a few years who had been coaching for qu- quite a while. I knew I could learn a lot in one year from him, so I ended up uh, taking the assistant coaching job and and then had a couple of head coaching jobs after that and. Um, and that's that's what got me up here to Northern Michigan. 
Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that, how that all developed, because uh, you coached at the professional level, and now you're coaching high school kids at Sheboygan Area High School. So, Craig, how did you make that transition? How did you go from being a, a pro coach to coaching kids in high school? Well, the the um, the reason I came up to Northern Michigan was they were, they were trying to start a brand-new pro league up here. And so I came up um, – uh, to, to take over the team over in Petoskey. And unfortunately, the whole thing only lasted a couple of months, and it all ended up going in the dump. And so the people who owned the team were at the rink I was at. They also owned the, um, um, the, the ice rink with the team, and they asked me, would you like to stick around and be, uh, you know, be like the, the oversee our, our hockey program? And I'm like, you know what? It's the middle of the winter. I'm in northern Michigan, and snow all over the place. It's 10 degrees outside. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, don't really have any place else to go. So I, it kind of got um, taken, or running the rinks kind of got thrown in my lap, and I said, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll take it over. And and uh, the, the coaching with the high school just kind of came with, first I started out coaching house league teams, then I started coaching travel teams. And it just kind of, you know, kept going, going and going and going. And now here I am 11 years later, been, been coaching uh, at the high school level. Wow. Well, you were obviously an elite player. You don't play in the National Hockey League unless you are a terrific talent. And you played, as we mentioned, in, in the NHL for four teams, Craig. A lot of times guys who are that gifted or talented might not have the patience to, to maybe coach uh, at a lower level or, or coach high school kids. So what was that transition like uh, for you to coach pro players and then coach high school kids? How have you adapted to all of that? Well, to tell you the truth, it's it's not an easy thing to do. I, I find because um, because I played hockey my entire life, and it's always something that I just love. Um, I've had to learn, and hopefully, I have. Hopefully, I, every year, hopefully, I learn a little bit more and pick up something so I can help uh, help educate other other people. But uh, one thing that I had to learn early on was. You can't expect everybody to take the game like you do. And, um, you know, that was something that I had learned uh, just through all the coaches that I've had, not just in the NHL, but in the minors also. You know, not everybody is going to feel the same way about the game. And, you know, when you're coaching guys that are playing playing pro hockey, these guys are getting paid to play. So... 99% of them are there because they just absolutely love the game and they would do anything to play at a higher level. Where when you start getting with the high school kids, and again, this is not, this is not everybody, but just it's a, it it happens in different places depending on where you're at is not, not all those kids are going to think the same way about the game as you are. You know, like sometimes I, I wonder, I, I, I don't understand why these guys don't want to work hard. They're just kind of going through the motions out there. And and it gets frustrating. You know, you got to remember you're dealing with with uh, teenage boys and, uh, you know, you're, you're, you got to take away, okay, listen, they're not professionals. Um, don't think they think about the game like you do. And you've got to become almost like a, a psychologist. you got to figure out, you know, everybody's uh, um, 
everybody's personality and and you can come down hard on some guys and they're they're going to be able to take it and be able to play and and you got to kind of coddle guys which i'm not very good at coddling um but uh you, sometimes you have to do that with certain players to be able to keep them on track of of uh you know working hard with the team I like to ask coaches this question, comparing kids today as to kids when you were growing up and playing youth hockey, Craig, are, are the kids any different from your generation to this one, or are they basically the same? No, there's, there's a huge difference. Um, I mean, we didn't have the iPad, the iPhone, the computer. Um, the, the kids nowadays, I mean, they, I, I have a, uh, I have a, um, a six-year-old grandson who knows my cell phone, how to work my cell phone better than me. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me too. When I got a problem. When I got a problem, I go to my six-year-old grandson. And exactly. He fixes for me. And he does. So, so they, you know, they, like when we were kids, it was, you know, you got the TV and you got outside. And, you know, when, when we were kids growing up, even though I played hockey for a living, I, I was always playing baseball. I was always playing football, playing basketball. We were always doing something, you know, every day, playing some kind of a sport outside, especially living in California and Arizona. You know, the weather's always nice, so it's not like I, I, I mean, I, I didn't have to worry about snow or anything like that. So it's, I think it's a lot different in that aspect that uh, we were just always outside doing different things, trying to stay out of trouble and, Nowadays, they, it, it's everybody's everybody's got a, a something plugged into their to their ear or something like that, and they're playing with some kind of electronics. Yeah, you're exactly right. We talked about uh, your coaching the the high school team in Sheboygan, and Craig, you also mentioned you're the rink manager of the Cantile Arena in Sheboygan. I guess wearing that hat, you probably do a little bit of everything these days, right? Yeah, yeah, with uh, with the way it's going, you've got to wear a lot of hats around there. But um, I'm very fortunate, you know, I've got some, some good people in the uh, hockey organization that help out, um, and you got some good people that that, uh, that work for me at the rink that really love hockey, that have had kids in hockey for many, many years. And and I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have some, some really good people uh, helping me out with that over there. Do you drive the Zamboni? Oh yeah, drive this. <laughs> I, I sharpen skates. There's, the 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 only thing that I can't do is I don't I I can't put um, rivets in the bottom of skates yet. I haven't learned that yet. Well, that day's, <laughs> that day's probably coming, Craig. One of these days because you've been I able to do it, it all. Probably will. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's been a delight having you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing your hockey stories with us. Congratulations on your National Hockey League career. And thanks, too, Craig, for what you're doing today, uh, giving back to kids as a high school coach. That's a, a great thing to do in your life, and uh, we appreciate your time very much. Well, Jeff, I, I really appreciate you guys giving me a call. And uh, I'm, I'm, I am one of those guys that's very fortunate that I do give to, I, I am able to give back what I played for so many years. I'm able to give back to the kids, and you know, it's it's when I go to work every day. It's just like when I played. I I, I enjoy going to work. I'm I'm happy about being there, and that's that's a, n a nice way to, to to be in your life. And um, you know, my my wife, she likes my job. She's happy with what I do, and and uh, I'm 
you want to keep your wife happy to make sure that everybody's happy. So. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you got that one right. <laughs> That's Craig Cox, former National Hockey League player. What a great episode today of the Pirate Radio Podcast with the voice Jeff Charles and his special guest, former professional hockey player Craig Cox. Special thanks to our sponsor, White Claw Hard Seltzer. Look for White Claw at your favorite retailer next time you're out shopping. White Claw Hard Seltzer is available in five fruit flavors, has two grams of carbs, is gluten-free, and only has 100 calories. And nothing tastes quite like it. We'll be back very soon with another edition of the Pirate Radio Podcast. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in your Apple Store. You can visit our website at PR927FM.com, and you can follow us on social media at PR927FM to keep up with the latest news and information. Have a great day, everyone. You have been listening to the Pirate Radio Podcast, brought to you by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Nothing tastes quite like it. Visit WhiteClaw.com today. White Claw Hard Seltzer, proudly distributed by Coastal Beverage. Please drink responsibly. The Pirate Radio Podcast is an exclusive presentation by Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.